Welcome in. It's the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you with us. We've got uh, one thing to get to, but a couple of different angles where I want to tackle this from. It's the Packers getting the 2025 NFL Draft. And for one, I wasn't surprised by it. I know that the team has been working on this for a long time. And from the NFL standpoint, it makes sense. Now, there are going to be some logistical concerns that I think are valid. And there are also going to be some fans who say, well, if you can put an NFL draft in Green Bay, why not a Super Bowl out in the elements? I don't think that's ever going to happen. And I also think it's a terrible idea as well. But we'll dive into that, too. But the crux of the situation is that in two years, Green Bay will be the center of the NFL universe. It will not be the first time that Green Bay is the center of the NFL universe. And I know that this is going to bring more people than have ever been to Green Bay at a single time. That's what this is being billed as. And that's all well and good. Um, Will there be enough hotel rooms? No. Uh, Will there be some logistical issues that are going to be a pain in the rear end for everybody who goes to Green Bay? Yeah, probably. But is it going to be a great party? Yes, it's going to be a great party. And number two, it's going to showcase what is so unique about Green Bay. We'll get to all of that coming up. But we were talking about this. I was sitting in for Josh Albrecht uh, for a couple of days this week on the Steve Zabin Show on 97.3 The Game and uh, broadcast statewide on the Game Radio Network. And uh, when the news of this broke, Zabin and I just kind of hashed it out a little bit. I've obviously been to Green Bay uh, uh, more times than I can count, probably a little bit more than, than most just because part of my work is being in Green Bay, on not only on game day, but also on non-game days, too. So I kind of see the layout of the stadium when there's not a whole lot of people there. But Zabe and I got into it uh, on the Steve Zabin Show on the game. And I got the perfect running mate this morning as Josh Albrecht is off on his well-deserved time off. Say hello, boys and girls, to sports director and longtime Packers beat reporter, Dougie Russell. Good morning, Zabe. Glad to be with you this morning, of all mornings. Of all mornings. First of all, you are a rock-solid wingman, both behind the wheels of steel and also with the sports knowledge and everything else. That put me at ease. And then secondly, with this draft story, I'm like, ah! I couldn't ask for a more perfect guy because you've been going to Lambeau Field for how many years now to cover this team? <laughs> um, let's see. The first Forever. year that I covered the team as a professional reporter was 1994, I think. Oh, my God. So it's been a couple so of years. So you've been to Lambeau every year at least once since 1994. Yeah, not always on game day, but yes. I mean, okay. multiple times. I mean, I've been to Lambeau Field literally uh, hundreds and hundreds of times. Hundreds and hundreds of times. When did you start covering the team on a regular basis in your previous 95. radio life? 95. 95? Yeah. So since 95, you have covered the team and been up there for how many games a year? Well, All it's varied. No, no, it's varied. I mean, there have been times on the Packers Radio Network where I was studio-bound doing updates, okay. kind of like Shanna Quinn does now. I did that for for a few years, so that, that that's studio-based. But um, I've been to over 100 games at Lambeau Field. Okay. But you've ex- my point is you've experienced what it's like at Lambeau at least once every year since 95. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you're the perfect guy to be able to say, this, 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 that wasn't there, this wasn't there, this, you know, all the changes that have occurred. Mm-hmm. What year was the vote to 
you know, skim a little bit more money <laughs> to help upgrade the building and the facility and the atrium and everything else. What year was that again? The vote, I believe, was 2000 or 2001. The new atrium opened in 2003, and that's when they right. went from the Lombardi locker room upstairs to what you see. If, you, if you've ever been on the tour, if you've ever been in the locker room, you know, now the right. oval that uh, Mike Sherman developed, uh, you know, that, that was his concept when he was the head coach there. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was, I think, the most significant upgrade. But the the footprint of the actual stadium continues to grow. And you saw the uh, construction project oh, yeah. last year where they are expanding the football offices and they've got a small indoor facility where they can do some uh, day of or if, if it's raining and they don't want to go across the street to the Don Hudson Center, they're expanding that area as well. So it continues to grow oh, from where it was to where it is right now is pretty remarkable. It It's unbelievable. And... For those that are wondering, well, where is everyone going to stay? Where <laughs> are they going to sleep? Well, then there's that. How much How much will a Motel 6 in De Pere go for a night for that particular weekend? Many hundreds. <laughs> well, I mean, think of it this way. Can you imagine it being, can you imagine it being uh, Motel 6, $864 a night? Sure. Wait, I- you're not a Motel 864. You're a Motel 6. Because right. once upon a time, when they first started that company in like the fifties, it was six dollars a night to stay there. Hence the motel. Bet you didn't six. know that, kids. Yeah. So when Billy and I go and cover the draft, we stay at the uh, Super Eight by Wyndham uh, down on Oneida Street. <laughs> by Wyndham. By Wyndham, uh, and it, I think I think it was seventy eight bucks a night. For us during last year's NFL draft, or the you know a couple of months ago during the draft, yeah, during the draft. Okay, seventy eight dollars at the Super Eight. Times that by ten when it's going to be in Green Bay because you can walk to Lambeau <laughs> Field from that. Oh yeah, Super Eight. So anything that's you know on Oneida Street or in the vicinity, it's going to be several hundred dollars. I mean, have you ever been to the Masters? Yes, I okay. was there last year. Okay, so did, yeah, the spring I was there. How much did you spend for a hotel room at the Masters? Uh, luckily, the guy who had the tickets because he won the lottery. Oh, crap. Did I enter that again? Uh, memo to self, June 1st, I think, is the date to log on to Masters.com, get yourself you know entered for free in their annual ticket lottery. Where oh, they nice. Dribble out a tiny bit of... Uh, tickets for the average fan who can't go to the Masters. You have to pay list price, but it's not mm-hmm. a big deal. It's cheap compared to what they resell for. Uh, but I, I got to enter that. So a buddy of mine uh, won the lottery, invited me to go, and he also had a colleague, a coworker, who had a house oh. in North Augusta. Oh. And guess what? This coworker was out of town for the weekend. Mm. So they just flipped us the house so that's winning the lottery twice is what that is (laughs) (laughs) basically winning the lottery twice they also left us a bottle of bourbon so they'll be winning the lottery one two three times as a matter of fact that's not bad so yeah so yeah i what i sense is so like just net net i'll cruise to the end of the line of all this analysis great for green bay yeah great for the packers Mm -hmm. great for mark murphy's whose last day in office as team president is july 13th of 2025 Mm -hmm. so this is a great feather in his cap to walk out on although let's see how these next couple years go um and great for anyone who has an airbnb (laughs) house 
a pool, a pond, a tent, uh, a cottage, yeah. a hotel, a motel, a no-tell. Great for the Kohler company, whose rates at the Lodge Kohler are going to be, oh, I don't know, infinity money. They're going to be able weekend. to print it, yeah. And I, I live 100 miles away, and I feel like I should be renting out my house for the NFL draft. I would say you might want to see what could be available. Because And also, by the way, while we're talking about greats, I'm not quite done with the greats. Oh, Great for please. us. Oh, yeah. And what we do as your home of the Green Bay Packers. It will be great It's for great us. all around. You know what it's not necessarily going to be great for? People who just want to go. Yeah. <laughs> You're the ones who are going to have to scrounge and figure out how are we going to do this? But it's and going to pay to... the exorbitant rates and to stay far away and drive up on game day and or game day, drive up on draft day. It right? might be one of those NFL drafts where if you don't live in the state of Wisconsin or if you're not within drivable, a drivable distance and you only want to pop in for the first round or the second round or the stragglers, the true degenerates that come in for the third round of the NFL draft. Right. It might just be a one-day drive-in, drive-out, because hotel rooms are going to be insanely expensive. So, as I thought about this and my theory that they'll never have it there, there's not enough hotels, not enough infrastructure, what I didn't factor in is that there is now just enough bougie infrastructure, i.e. the Lodge Kohler Hotel, i.e. what they've got just down the road in Appleton, and just enough upscale breweries, microbreweries, pub houses, all the stuff that is now going up in and around Titletown. They've got just enough of that to film their TV show called the NFL Draft and to host a small selection of the NFL hashtag elites, such as the owners, the owners' friends and family, the big sponsors, um, television networks, net, network executives, and everyone on ESPN and the NFL Network. That's all they need. Mm-hmm. That's literally all they need. The extras, the unpaid extras the for this event, Us. which are the fans, yeah. the unwashed, the hoi polloi, <laughs> they're going to be told, good luck. Yeah. Now, I will say this. There's going to be a lot of families who are suddenly reconnected with long-lost cousins <laughs> and nephews and nieces, right, yeah. that live in the surrounding areas, uh-huh. because they're going to go, hey, I'd like to come up and visit in late April of 2025. Really? That seems very... F- you're, you're calling me, for the first time, nice to hear from yeah. you, cousin, in five years, and you want to come up in two years' time. To- what? That sounds very specific. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Now just keep that bedroom open for that last weekend. By the way, the date is not set yet, is it, Doug, for the draft? I don't believe it is. Uh, I haven't okay. seen the date yet. If it has been set, that uh, kind of flew under my radar. Now, right. you brought something up earlier before we started the show that it's possible that maybe they, they might push it a week or two. I saw somebody on Twitter say, you know, maybe they'll try to push it back a week to steal uh, a little bit better weather. I don't think the NFL wants to be moving this around. I think they want to pound this 10 stake into the offseason calendar pretty firmly in the ground and claim it as their weekend. Because, you know, there is other stuff going on, by the way. The Lakers got swept last night. And shock of all shocks, LeBron did not get a call at the end of the game <laughs> when he probably could have. In reality, it was a great no call. 
uh, because uh, Jamal Murray had a clean hand on top of the ball that helped stop what would have been a game-winning or game-tying shot from LeBron James with four seconds left. But the Lakers got swept. Uh, the Heat are about to do the same to the Celtics tonight, game four. And, you know, we're in the meat of the spring sports sort of culmination. So the NFL, I don't think, wants to get too deep into spring. That said, every week you borrow, right, Doug? You're buying better odds for better weather. Mm -hmm. Every single week. These are critical weeks. Somebody pulled up last year's weather, or not last year's, this spring's weather for the draft, and it was okay on day one, like 56 for a high, better on day two, but then 46 and persistent rain on day three. So that was in Green Bay? I mean, I was there. That was in, yeah, that was in Green Bay. Do you not remember the persistent rain in 46? I do. Or maybe I was looking at a different weather No, report. Saturday was crappy. Saturday was Yeah, awful. Saturday was dog shine, right? Yeah. Saturday was bad. But Saturday's just for the diehards. Saturday's right? for the true that's degenerates. If you're an NFL three, draft three, degenerate, that's yeah. Saturday's your day. Because yeah, that's rounds four four through seven, not three through seven. Easier right? access, smaller crowds, and I think it's just easier to move around. Night one is yeah. the show. Night one is the prime yeah. time. Night one is where, you know, the, the commissioner's still doing all of the picks or almost all of the picks. So that's that's so, the TV show that you're talking about. All right, so here is my uh, poll question up right now at the game MKE as well as at Zabe. How do you think the NFL draft experience in 2025 in Green Bay, Wisconsin, will be as a fan if you try to attend it in person? A, amazing, bucket list. B, fine, with a place to stay, of course. Or C, cold, Pricey and overrated. All right, a couple of minutes with Steve Zabin and me on the uh, Zabe Show on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee. Now, as part of the show uh, the other day, we also had a chance to catch up with somebody that I've known for a long time. Uh, we went to college together. We went to UW Oshkosh. We were classmates. Somewhere there is a grainy videotape of me do- doing the news with hair, and Burke was my sports guy on Titan TV. So we've gone uh, back a long ways, over 30 years. But uh, he has been for the last decade plus the sports director at Green Bay's WFRV Channel 5, the CBS affiliate in Green Bay. And we had a chance to catch up with Burke on the occasion of this news being made public. And again, I don't think it's anything to me that was surprising, but we asked Burke how surprised he was when the news came down that, yes, this is beyond the talking stage this NFL draft is something that's going to happen in your backyard. Oh, thanks for having me on, Dave and company with Dougie Fresh. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say maybe a seven. Um, it's been in the works for a while. I mean, they've been pushing for it ever since they tore down the old expo hall that was across the street. They knew they were not going to get it unless there were major changes made in the stadium district. You know, they're, the amount of hotels that have gone up, not only across the from Oneida Street to Holmgren Way, but the the campus, as they like to call it now, the title town. I mean, everything from Aaron's Hill all the way hinterland from Ridge Road to Forty One. The place has been transformed like 
no other in the past five years. So, you know, they did all the necessary things. They dotted their I's and crossed their T's and did pretty much everything that the league would want them to do. And so we here saw it coming. I think the national media, and it's funny you say that, uh, they didn't really, now oh, little old Green Bay, you're never going to get something like that. Well, guess what they did in 2025, two years from now, it's going to be the place to be for uh, the NFL draft. As you might suspect, however, there are going to be those who criticize this decision. There are also probably people who criticize the fact that Green Bay, Wisconsin, is the home of an NFL franchise. But it's not going away. And that's one of the geniuses of being a Packers fan. You know that they're always going to be there no matter what. But not everyone likes Green Bay, as we got into it with Burke a little bit as well. Yeah, no, I think so. And I can't remember the guy. I saw something on Twitter and one guy said, oh, I think this is a big mistake. Maybe it should be Milwaukee. Well, guess what? Like, <laughs> Moron. Milwaukee doesn't have an NFL team last time I checked. No, that's yeah. that that well, guy. I saw I saw that guy. It, uh, uh, Albrecht is his name. Yeah. Not Albrecht. Uh, it was Josh? It was not all. No, I said, oh. not Josh Albrecht. <laughs> Albright. Albright. Uh, okay. Who's, who's yeah, the not- NFL guy? Uh, Albright is his last name. Yeah. Not very bright. And said, "Oh, I could see Milwaukee, but not." Well, then you know Green what? You Bay. can stay home. Not Josh no, Alder. Tell me you. Tell me you. Tell me you have no idea of what you're talking about without telling me. You have no idea. You have no idea. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Oh, have no idea. Hey, didn't we just have? Didn't Didn't Sheboygan just host the Ryder Cup? Uh, hello. Like yeah. EAA brings in EAA brings in half a million people to Oshkosh. Come on. I mean, like, yeah. that, that snooty national, like, oh, it's only a one-stoplight town, whatever. It, everything's going to be just fine. And you know what? People who want to come, if they're going to stay in Manitowoc, Sheboygan, Milwaukee, Fond du Lac, wherever, it's only an hour and 15 minutes away. And, 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 and yeah. whether it's Whistling Straits with PGA Championships, Aaron Hills with the U.S. Open, it, it will be just fine, everybody. You know what? You don't want to come? Don't. We don't want you. Exactly. Stay home. If you don't want to be here, don't be here. That's it. If you don't want to be in Green Bay, if you think that it's going to be too much of a little podunk town for your New York ass or your Los Angeles sensibilities, or even, I don't even think, Chicago fans respect Green Bay. They may hate Green Bay. Bears fans hate Packers fans and and vice versa, at least on game day. And I get all that. I lived in Chicago, and I've lived in Wisconsin for most of my life. But I at least know that Chicagoans respect Green Bay. You may hate us, but gall dang it, you're gonna you're gonna respect us. But for the New York crowd, for some in Los Angeles, maybe some in the league office, some of the national writers who don't like if you don't want to be here, don't be here. But I guarantee that everyone who is going to be there is going to have a great time and they're going to want to be there. That might mean that boohoo, you might have to have a hotel room in Appleton or Oshkosh or, God forbid, Milwaukee. Well, you know what? That's a drive that we make all the time. So suck it up, Buttercup, or stay home because I don't want to hear it. But as far as the city of Green Bay is concerned, we also, because I don't live in Green Bay. Zabe doesn't live in Green Bay. Burke lives in Green Bay. How's the city of Green Bay feeling about all of this? I think everybody is excited, obviously, economically. Everyone is going to be happy. Uh, every bar, restaurant, hotel, you name it, the 
the Titletown district, the turn, people golfing. Uh, there's going to be spring fishing is right around the corner. I mean, people, I have friends, I grew up in Racine between Milwaukee and Chicago, and I still have friends who, they come up here for the, the walleye run every as soon as the ice goes out on the Fox River, and they make it a destination for a reason. Sure. Look, I get it. If the Green Bay Packers weren't here, this would be superior, just maybe a little bigger. You know, paper mill town, yeah. blue collar, blah, blah, blah. But we do have the Green Bay Packers. We do have NFL football, and we do have the NFL draft in two years. So I, I think everyone's pretty excited about it. It's a tempered excitement. It, like I said, it's not the Super Bowl, but it's something that's going to be pretty cool for what will what will end up being an entire week in April, two years from now. You're discounting the National yeah. Railroad Museum, by the way, Burke. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big attraction there. Yeah. Hey, Thomas, listen, Thomas, there Thomas. there are railroad nerds that love my nephew. All my nephew is a railroad nerd. I listen. There, it's a cool thing if you get into it and the nuance of it and everything else. But I digress. Uh, Burke Griffin joining us here, uh, CBS Five uh, Sports Director. So you talked about the quote campus that they talk about now, and they are building. There's cranes. Hopefully those cranes and all the building, this latest round of expansion is done by the draft. I assume it will be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is more about okay. the, the, the scoreboard on the north end. I mean, if you, right. if you look at the way there's the a new are. Yeah. Right. There's a new Jumbotron coming, and they still have to finish this office expansion, so that'll be this summer. But it'll be cleared out by then. And they're eyeing more chunks of the surrounding area. I've had more than a handful of Packer fans say, while I understand it, I feel like the place is losing its character because it's so corporate. It's such Disneyland. Do you ever hear that? And do you think that that feeling has any merit? No, I think, well, people, instead of going to Kroll's, and getting a an eight dollar burger, yeah, maybe you got to pay fifteen at Interland. I mean, that's you know, you're going to pay more for your beers, you're going to uh, and drinks and everything that you, it's that part of it is is always going to be there. But all you have to do is go to Chicago. I was just in Chicago a couple months ago. I've been to New York uh, literally two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, you're paying fifteen dollars a drink for anything. Um, doesn't matter where you go. I would say the corporate side of it is in, it's a necessary evil. People accept it. They understand it. And for, for Green Bay to compete with everyone from, I don't know, Kansas City to uh, the other premier teams in the league, obviously Tom Brady, Tampa Bay a couple years back, for the, for the Green Bay Packers and the people of Wisconsin to compete with the other NFL teams it's a necessary move. Look at what they built in Los Angeles or Las Vegas. Some of those new exactly. edifice stadiums. I mean, Lambeau Field is still quite... Well, it, and it's right, still the same sideline that Lombardi roamed. I know it is, but what I'm arguing, I'm like the court-appointed attorney for the Luddites who don't want progress, and they're the ones that are saying, yeah, but it's still... I, we don't want to be Chicago. Then you don't we don't want to be L.A. And, and it's not the cost of... A burger, it's the ability to pop open your char- charcoal grill and park and tailgate, which is being squeezed out. This is not a draft-specific thing. We're talking about the game day experience, that that's what 
the Packers are kind of soaking up and absorbing chunk by chunk, like when Walt Disney bought the land in Florida to build Disneyland. But that's the price of having a contending football team. It's one of the unfortunate parts of it, because if you look at, and and one of the things that I do in my other podcast, Tales from 1265, we haven't done this uh, episode yet, but at some point we're going to go into the origin of what became Lambeau Field. It was originally called New City Stadium when it opened in 1957. They renamed it Lambeau Field, and that's a whole nother episode that, uh, you know, the relationship between Lombardi and Lambeau that we could go into at some point, and we certainly will. But the way that that campus has grown, it was at one point just a football field basically with some stands in the middle of farmland. And the way that it has grown, the not only the neighborhood around it, but as Burke kind of talked about, the, the Packers are trying to swallow up every house in the neighborhood to build more and to have better parking, yes, but also more land to build on. Even what Lambeau Field looked like 20 years ago is worlds apart from what it looks like now. They are in, well, they're getting closer to the end of it, but it's not quite done yet. But there's a new part of the facility that's being built out of what was parking lot one. Where the players parked before, they used to have to park outside, now they're going to get to park inside because they're building new football offices, a new you know, mini indoor kind of walk-through type of facility. They always had one, but now this is going to be bigger. Uh, it's going to have a better weight room. Everything is going to get spruced up because there is an arms race in the National Football League. There has been for a long time, and it's not just for player salaries. The arms race is about facilities. If you're an unserious organization, and there are a couple of them, I think the Washington Commanders, now that they've been sold, when whenever that gets finalized, they are going to, hopefully for their fans' sake, because they are a historical franchise, hopefully they will go from an unserious organization to a serious organization. The Arizona Cardinals, they are a laughingstock organization because they do everything poorly from the owner on down. Their facilities are crap. Their owner is crap. The way that they treat their players is crap. Everything about that organization just stinks from the head down. But a lot of that is their facilities. They've got an old, outdated facility. The uh, stadium in Landover, Maryland, FedEx Field, that has been deemed the worst stadium in the NFL because they built it about 25, 30 years ago, and then they haven't done anything to it. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the Bradley Center. They built it. It was great. And then they didn't upkeep it at all. It's the difference between what the commanders did with their stadium and what the Brewers have done with American Family Field, which still needs some repairs. And it kind of ties it in a little bit because you know some of the other news of the week in Wisconsin is that Commissioner Rob Manfred is in Milwaukee, and he's going to tell us all what is wrong with American Family Field and how it needs to be updated. Well, the Brewers have done a pretty good job of updating it. There are some things that need to be repaired, including the roof. And I've talked about this on the air a couple of times, but it's just one of those upkeep things. My wife and I, we just had to put a new roof on our house. Now, we didn't have to put a new roof on the house, but the house is almost 20 years old, and everybody else in the neighborhood... Last year, got their roof done. We've been losing some shingles for the last couple of years. And it was time before it was really time. So we were able to schedule it out. I didn't want to write a check for thirteen grand for a new roof on the house, but I would rather do that than have an emergency and have to bring these guys out and pay double for it. And that's kind of what the brewers are looking at right now with American Family Field. They need to replace the roof. They need to repair what is wrong with the infrastructure 
of the ballpark. That's part of baseball's arms race, but that's part of professional sports right now, and that's what the Packers have been doing with Lambeau Field. They've just been building out, 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 and there's less and less and less and less parking, and they're trying to buy it more and more and more and more in the neighborhood. So if you have property near Lambeau Field, the Packers want it, and they will pay for it. But is that squeezing out the quote-unquote little guy? Yeah, maybe a little bit. That is the price to pay if you want a professional sports team, if you want major league athletics. Part of what, and I, and I saw this, I forgot who wrote it. Was I don't know if it was Pete Dort. It might have been Pete, but it was in the Journal Sentinel. And he was speculating why Green Bay will look good for the NFL. It's because Green Bay can give fans around the country and the NFL kind of a look at, oh, see, it is still for the little guy. No, no, it really isn't. Now, Lambeau Field is a special place, and Green Bay is a special community. And Packers fandom is something that you're, if you're fortunate enough to be born into, you know, that, that, that is a blessing upon your life. Because not everybody is. I... As I mentioned before, I'm obviously, because of my job, I am at Lambeau Field all the time. What I try to not do is take it for granted. And where right now, because there, because of the construction that I was talking about, there is uh, a different way that the media gets into Lambeau Field. We have to go in through the loading dock, kind of where Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur park their cars. It's near the locker room. And kind of near the tunnel, if you will, if you can picture it, if you've ever been on the Lambeau Field Tour. But there's a sign up against the wall, and it's reminding the employees every time they walk into Lambeau Field. The sign reads, I posted this on my Instagram page, at Real Doug Russell, if you're interested. Today is someone's bucket list. Now, that's what Lambeau Field is to a lot of fans around the country. It's almost a pilgrimage that... Not only American football fans go to, but fans worldwide. Green Bay, Wisconsin should not have a cult following. The Green Bay Packers should not have Harry Styles be one of their fans. And yet here we are. Justin Timberlake should not be a Green Bay Packers fan if you look at it on the surface. You know who's the, who the Packers' biggest celebrity fan should be? Tony Shaloub. Because he's from Green Bay. Tony Shalhoub, by the way, and the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, doing an incredible, incredible job, once again, marvelous actor. But that's who should be the Packers' biggest fan, not Justin Timberlake. Not Harry Styles. But because Lambeau Field is so special, because the team has had so much success, they've got this worldwide fandom I have literally seen people with tears in their eyes walking inside Lambeau Field for the first time. That's what the NFL wants to show. You want to see the Lombardi clock, because if you look at the facade of Lambeau Field on the north side, it has a clock that's 15 minutes ahead of what the normal time is. That's the Lombardi clock, because if you were on time, you were late in Vince Lombardi's world. You always had to be 15 minutes early. That's what the NFL wants to show. That's what the NFL wants to display to the world. We are still quaint. We are still for the little guy. This is a great event in a small town. 
It's an event that's still free. We can do this. It's not just Major League Baseball who can go play a baseball game in an Iowa cornfield. We can, you know, participate in the heartland of America. We don't always have to be at Radio City, and they haven't been at Radio City for a number of years. We don't have to be, you know, they were in Chicago for a couple of years. And I'm sure at some point they'll be in Los Angeles at uh, SoFi Stadium because it's an incredible facility. It's, I mean, listen, Lambeau Field's an incredible facility. It's just a different facility than SoFi Stadium. SoFi Stadium, Allegiant Stadium, they are the crown jewels of the new NFL. They've got all of the bells and whistles that maybe Green Bay doesn't have, but Green Bay has some of them on the periphery. But that's why they're trying to build out and build out and build out and build out. So when fans go to a game day atmosphere game, and they show it on television, yes, that is still the same sideline that Vince Lombardi roamed. That is still the ice bowl end zone that Bart Starr snuck in behind Jerry Kramer. It's all still there. It's just built out more. So it is the crown jewel of the NFL. So it does make sense for the Packers to host the NFL draft. But getting back to Burke's original thought, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the cost of having a contending NFL team. You don't want to go back to the 70s and 80s when the Packers weren't also ran, but they also, you know, the NFL's just changed a lot, though, too. It's become more of a business. So it will be a great event. I'm looking forward to it. And I know that it's something that Mark Murphy has been talking about internally for almost a decade. When the NFL started to move the NFL draft outside of New York City, well, we know we're not going to get a Super Bowl here. Why not an NFL draft? Mark Murphy, this is only a couple of minutes, but it goes into some of the logistics. Uh, Mark Murphy, in an interview on 97.3 The Game with Kuhn and Butch, obviously John Kuhn, a vested interest in all things Green Bay Packers and Brian Butch, an Appleton native, so he's been going to Packers games his whole life as well. Mark Murphy, Packers president, who, by the way, um, because of forced retirement uh, for Packers executives at the age of 70, in 2025, just a couple of months after the NFL draft is going to be at Lambeau Field, that's when Mark Murphy has to hang him up by, by rule, by law. That's decreed in his contract. He has to retire. Mandatory retirement age, age of 70. It'll be July 13th, 2025. This will be the last thing that happens under Mark Murphy's watch. And it's been a pretty remarkable run for Mark Murphy. They've won a Super Bowl. They've expanded the stadium. And most importantly, they've given the ba- the, the, the broadcast rights to 97.3 The Game at iHeartMedia, which I think is good for all of us, isn't it? Uh, Mark Murphy was on with Coon and Butch and, and John Kuhn had one very, I think, succinct question for Mark Murphy. Okay, we got this. Uh, what do we do now? Uh, no, I think, you know, I, I, we know it's, it's a lot of work, but uh, people are so excited and so willing to help. And obviously, internally, uh, you know, we've, we've been working on this for a while, and we know it will continue. But what's really, gonna, it's really been exciting is, particularly today at the press conference, to see all the different people from across the community. And it wasn't just politicians and media. I mean, there were, you know, local business owners that, you know, they, they see what this is going to mean. And, um, and it's, it's, a once, it's really a once-in-a-generation opportunity for, for Green Bay. All right, Mark, one thing I'm really curious about now is how is actual draft night going to happen? Or, or where's the stage going to be? Are we going to be in Town for most of it? We'll be in the atrium if weather starts playing a factor. All kinds of things up in the air that we want to know here. 
Well, that's not, that'll all be determined, and uh, but it's really the league's decision. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, you see the size of the stage. Yeah. Other 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 uh, other drafts. I think it was Dallas had it inside the stadium. Uh, yeah, I think they'll take they'll come and they'll take a look at everything. Uh, my guess is Lambeau will you know certainly either will be in in Lambeau in the stadium or uh, it'll be the backdrop. Uh, and I, you know, and the nice thing is it's it's more than just the three days. It's you know the whole week leading up to it, and I, I think they're they've looked at it, and the, what they call the Lambeau Field campus. You know, so not only Lambeau Field, but the Resch Expo, all of Titletown, Johnsonville Tailgate Village, all, all everything around the stadium will be available for them to, and they because they have so many different events going on that. Uh, it's it's going to be exciting, Mark. You said but since to answer two- your question, John, we we we, we won't know you know for a while until the league <laughs> really really comes in and takes a look. Gotcha, gotcha, Mark. You said since 2016 you've been trying to you've had this idea you've been making it work. What was the toughest sell for the NFL finally to say yes? Because it's it's been a process for you guys. Yeah, you know I think uh, you know just the size of Green Bay, you know the uh, number of hotel rooms. So it's 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 going to be different, you know. I mean, you know, these bigger cities have you know multiple. <laughs> I think we only have forty five hundred uh, forty five hundred hotel rooms in the Green Bay area. But you know, look what we do. We you know when we have home games, we've got you know people staying all over yeah. all over the state. And that'll be similar. Uh, but you know, we're looking at different options. Uh, you know, the possibility of uh, you know. Uh, Cruise ships in Lake Michigan. Knock on wood, Lake Michigan will be uh, <laughs> ice of thawed by the end of uh, end of April. And uh, we we've actually been in communication too. You know, as you guys know, Green Bay is not an easy place to get to. I think most people will probably be driving. Uh, you know, I, I would imagine there'll be a lot of people coming from Minneapolis or Chicago or Milwaukee up for the draft. Um, but uh, we actually have had discussions with. Uh, Amtrak, um, and longer term, we'd like to have train service uh, come back to Green Bay. Yes. I think that would be great for the community. But you know that this might be something that that Amtrak looks at and say, you know, for that for the three or four days around the draft, um, have train service from Milwaukee up to Green Bay. My takeaway from that is cruise ships are a possibility on the Fox River, maybe. The Port of Green Bay is only a few blocks from Lambeau Fields, a few blocks south. So I guess cruise ships, by the way, unbeknownst to me, cruise ships are starting to dock in Milwaukee, and we look like Miami or Seattle or any port city that you would normally see cruise ships on. Now it's Milwaukee, which kind of blows my mind. But if they can do it here, uh, certainly they can do it in Green Bay. So you bring some cruise ships up through the actual body of water known as Green Bay into the Fox River. And I guess you'd have to, you know, spruce up the port of Green Bay a little bit because it's industrial, as you might suspect. But, yeah, it, it can be done. I was in Jacksonville. I covered Super Bowl Thirty Nine that was there. And because there weren't enough hotel rooms for a Super Bowl, they brought in eight cruise ships. Now, only one of them was small enough to get underneath the bridge on the St. John's River in Jacksonville. But there were cruise ships that were docked all around 
the outskirts of town, and they came in from the Atlantic side, and uh, it worked. It wasn't perfect. Jacksonville will never get another Super Bowl. But by and large, it was okay. I mean, yes, there were cab stands that, you know, sometimes it took you an hour to get a car, ride anywhere across town. That was a problem. It's one of the reasons they're not going to get another Super Bowl, but they got their one. And that's something that if you were a lifelong Jacksonville resident and you were able to experience that, something you'll never forget. And I think that this is probably, possibly, you never know, this might be the only time that the Packers and Green Bay get a chance to host the NFL draft. And you look at some of the the numbers that they're projecting, we could be talking almost $100 million in economic impact. That's pretty significant. And when you're talking about maybe 300,000 fans that are coming in for the event, it's not just the three days of the NFL draft. It's a whole week-long uh, you know, a, a series of events, concerts and parties and things like that, that are you know, part of what makes the NFL the spectacle that it is. The Super Bowl used to be a football game. It is not and has not been for a long time a football game. The NFL draft used to be a smoky ballroom in New York City and teams just choosing them up. Well, it's it hasn't been that way for a long time. Once they started inviting fans in, it became a spectacle. Once they started televising it, once ESPN started to devote hours upon hours upon hours of live broadcast coverage, it wasn't the NFL draft anymore. It was a spectacle. It was a television show. So that's what's coming to Green Bay. Um, I did want to bring you a couple of minutes of Mark Murphy's press conference as well. Don't know if you got a chance to hear any of this. This was from the day after it was announced. So I guess that would have been, what, Wednesday? Uh, The day after it was announced that Green Bay was getting the 2025 NFL draft. Uh, It has been a great week, uh, not only for the Packers, but uh, the greater Green Bay community and actually really the entire state uh, of Wisconsin. Uh, Packers, as we've said, are uh, not only excited uh, about this, but we're also honored uh, to, to be selected to host the 2025 draft right here in Green Bay and Wisconsin. And we greatly appreciate the work of uh, so many people within the organization, but uh, do want to give special mention to Gabrielle Dow, who has uh, led, led the effort for us. Um, it's been, uh, it's been a long journey, and we'll talk a little bit about the time, but uh, I think everybody has uh, shown uh, patience and persistence, and it's uh, great. To, uh, there have been many times we thought we were close, and it's really uh, it's great to be here, and uh, it was great to have the announcement uh, officially come from the league on Monday. Uh, our, our others, certainly a lot, a lot of people within the organization deserve credit, but... Particularly, uh, I want to recognize uh, Megan Roberson, uh, Candy Galtz. I know Candy, Candy is here. Uh, Aaron Poppy. Aaron's been integral to, to this effort. Craig Schilbauer, uh, Joan Malczewski, uh, Julie Leung, uh, Charlie Millerwise, Miller-Wise, and so many others. And you know we've got, it's actually less, a little less than two years before we'll be hosting this draft. It's a lot of work, and uh, the team, that team will certainly grow over the next two years, and uh, I anticipate that everybody within the organization at some point is going to have some involvement in, uh, in this effort. 
I also want to give uh, special credit. I mean, this is something, and you know, we've been literally working on since 2016. And uh, our senior staff, our uh, senior leadership team, uh, Ed, Ed Policy has been integral to that effort. Uh, Paul Banyol, Paul will be retiring soon, and this will be part of his legacy that uh, uh, we were able to, to bring the draft in, announced under his, uh, his during his tenure here. Uh, Russ Ball, uh, Craig Benzel. You're going to have to excuse me. I'm going to thank a lot of people here because it, it takes a village <laughs> to bring a draft to, a, to Green Bay. And, uh, but uh, other members of the senior staff mentioned Craig Benzel, Nicole Ledvina, uh, Jason, Wall Jason Wallers, and, and uh, obviously uh, Gabrielle Dell is also a part of the uh, uh, senior staff. Packers Executive Committee has been very supportive of this, uh, Executive Committee of our board, uh, with our, uh, uh, led by uh, initially uh, Tom Olson, did a great job for us, and now uh, Susan, uh, Susan Finko. Uh, I also uh, do want to give special mention to, to Mark McMullen. Uh, I think a lot of you know what a, what a obviously great, great uh, person Mark was, uh, our longtime treasurer, member of our executive committee. He was integral in this effort, and um, it's really sad that uh, he's not here to see this today, but uh, Mark deserves an awful lot of credit uh, for all the work that he put in to making sure that uh, this effort eventually became uh, successful. Uh, we also want to thank uh, the team at uh, Discover Green Bay, led by uh, Brad Toll. Uh, their work with uh, the hotels and other venues has been really invaluable. And uh, you know that's going to continue to be an awful lot of work. Uh, and uh, they, they really are going to be key, a key part of this process going forward over the next, uh, next couple, uh, couple years. We're also appreciative of uh, the local governments, local communities, uh, particularly, obviously, Green Bay. Uh, uh, Ashwaubenon and Brown County, it's great to see the representatives here today. Uh, they will all be integral um, for, in terms of putting on the event from public safety to public works to many other pieces that are really needed to host an event uh, of this size. <clears throat> we really would be remiss if I didn't also give thanks to the League Office, uh, obviously Commissioner Roger Goodell. Uh, special mention, though, also to Peter O'Reilly, uh, who, within the league office, who oversees all the major events and is uh, kind of leads the, the league's major events committee, um, for having confidence in, in the Packers and in Green Bay to, to, to hold a first-class event. I know he's really excited. He's going to be spending a lot of time over Green, in Green Bay over the next two years, and uh, looking forward to that, but uh, <clears throat> really excited and appreciative of, of their support. Uh, Aaron mentioned the Stadium District Board. Um, obviously, we work closely with them. Uh, really excited to bring concerts here and college football games, and this really takes it to another level. And I'll talk a little bit about uh, that uh, in, in, in a second. And, and obviously, at the state level, uh, you know, both Governor, Governor Evers and uh, members of the legislature have been very supportive of the effort to, to, land, the, to land the draft. Uh, we, know, we know that work is underway as we speak on the state budget, and we are hopeful that the state will partner with us uh, on supporting this event. Uh, we also have state leaders. Uh, we hope and we know that they recognize the tremendous opportunity the draft uh, presents to showcase not only Green Bay, but the entire state in a number of different ways. The state support will allow us to maximize the benefit uh, of, the, of the event. 
Uh, I'd also like to thank our area representatives who are here today, uh, David Steffen, I know I, uh, he's here, and uh, Senator Rob Coles, I don't know if Rob was able to make it, but uh, both of them have been very, uh, very, very supportive. You know, we've been working on this uh, for a number of years. Uh, really, when the league first, I think most of you know, the, the league held the draft in New York City for like 40 years. Uh, it was Radio City Music Hall, and uh, I think, I don't know if it was Peter O'Reilly, but had the great idea, let's treat it like the Super Bowl, we'll move it, on, move it around the league. And with a really, uh, with a focus on communities that probably would never be able to host a Super Bowl, <clears throat> and had two, I think, two, uh, two years in a row in Chicago. And that's really when we started the effort in about 2016. Really kind of, kind of looked at it and uh, put, a, put an offer, a bid in to, uh, to host a 2019 uh, 19 draft. And so you can see from 2016, uh, we have been very persistent and uh, credit goes to so many different people within the organization. But uh, Aaron Popke and uh, Brad Toll, believe it was in uh, 2017 when they, they first attended a draft. You've been to many others since then to see exactly what it takes for a community to, to host a draft. So they've been, they've been really great. You know, since then, you know, we have committed uh, many more people as well as resources to, to build out our plan. The other thing I would mention, you know, you think back to 2016, uh, there was no title town and that'll be integral to hosting the, t the draft. Uh, there also was no Rush Expo, which is perfect for, uh, perfect, uh, <clears throat> for hosting a draft. And then Brad and I were talking earlier, the uh, Visitors and Convention Bureau uh, will be done and up and running. It's gonna be spectacular. So those, all, those things are all part of what got us to a point now where we can, uh, we can say that we're, we will host a draft and we'll be able to do an outstanding job with it. And you know, there's many great things about Green Bay. Uh, I think <clears throat> one of the things we're really going to really focus on and distinguishes us from all the other cities is our history and tradition and the connection between the city and uh, the fans and, and our team. The, you know, the, the draft uh, is really it's the biggest and the most popular NFL event out, outside of the football season and brings fans together to celebrate their favorite teams, uh, experience the newest players being selected, and, uh, and then all helps build excitement for the season. What I've always said about uh, the draft and, and the popularity and the growth of it is phenomenal over the last uh, <clears throat> 10 to 15 years. To me, it brings together the very best of college football and the NFL. So college fans want to see where their favorite players are going, NFL fans want to see where the best players are coming, and it, it's really become a major, uh, major media event. Uh, and you know, one, one of the things we're really excited about, we all know the passion that our fans have and how unique that is. I think that's gonna really show <coughs> the whole nation exactly how passionate our fans are. And uh, you know, the, this, we see it not only at Lambeau Field, but the way our fans travel and uh, I am anticipating the uh, atmosphere for the draft in 2025 with our fans there and fans from NFL teams and uh, fans of NFL teams across the, the league, but uh, it, it's really gonna be exciting. And I know that, our, that they'll bring that energy and that'll really make, uh, make it a really special, uh, special event. The event itself is expected to attract, we anticipate it'll attract uh, 
almost 250,000 fans to, to Green Bay uh, and the entire state of Wisconsin and create an economic impact of uh, over 94 million. To put that in perspective, uh, one home Packer game is about 15 million, so it's more than six times the impact of, uh, <coughs> of, a, uh, of a normal home game. Of the, of the 20, of the 94 million, that's statewide, uh, 20 million will be here in Green Bay. So you can see it's, it's really gonna benefit the entire, entire state. On TV, more than 54 million people uh, will be watching. So it's, uh, <coughs> we say it's, it's like a two-year info, <laughs> infomercial or commercial highlighting all the benefits of Green Bay and Wisconsin and really, really excited about it. It's, uh, it's really just, it's a very rare opportunity for the state of Wisconsin to be on a, on a world stage like this. And it's uh, really, really excited to bring it forward. Uh, business develop, the business development opportunities around and during the draft uh, will showcase the many opportunities we have uh, <clears throat> for talent and business investment. We will obviously also highlight that we are the best place, number one place in the United States to live, right here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I've heard from a lot of people across the league that question that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they obviously didn't, uh, didn't take those votes in the winter. <laughs> but we all know what a special place uh, Green Bay is. Uh, you know, all, and all of us uh, involved uh, already feel we're building an experience that is bigger than ourselves. This is something that uh, we're going to leave for this community. It'll be part of the legacy of the Packers organization and the Green Bay community. Uh, and it is an incredible once-in-a-generation opportunity that will create a lasting legacy for Wisconsin. It will be exciting, and uh, it's an awful lot of work, as we've talked about. We have less than two years, but uh, we're ready to get started and uh, uh, really, uh, really excited about uh, the opportunity we have ahead of us. Bottom line, the clock is ticking for Green Bay, and I think it's going to be a great event. And it's nice to see Green Bay step up and, and want something like this. And... Maybe it's instructive because the Bucks are trying to get, for example, the NBA All-Star Game, which I think would be great for the city of Milwaukee, but it's also going to make others bitch about having to come to Wisconsin. And like Burke Griffin said a while ago on this show, you know what? If you don't want to come, just stay home because we don't want you anyway. That'll do it for this edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. A new Tales from 1265 is coming out next week called The Minister of Defense. I wonder what that's going to uh, I'll be about. Anyway, look for that on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. In other words, wherever you get this podcast is where you can get Tales from 1265. And uh, we'll have an excerpt, uh, an excerpt of that coming up on next week's Doug Russell podcast as well. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Remember what the, the weekend is for. Remember what the holiday is for on Monday. That does not mean, at least in my opinion, I don't think that that means that you can't enjoy yourself. I don't think that that means that you can't grill out, for example. But remember what the day is about. This is when we honor those that gave the ultimate sacrifice. And we wouldn't be able to have any of our cookouts. We wouldn't be able to have our NFL drafts. You wouldn't be able to listen to this podcast or Tales from 1265 or any other podcast without the sacrifice of those that paid the ultimate price for our freedom. So my ultimate heartfelt, uh, deep respect to those that did um, give their lives for the freedom that we all enjoy today and to the families that they left behind. You have my 
utmost sympathies and deep uh, abiding respect as well. So anyway, have a good weekend. Remember what the weekend is for, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a good weekend and take advantage of what that sacrifice that those soldiers did for us. Uh, You can take advantage of that, I think, because that's what freedom is all about. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now and end the show, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Doug Russell Podcast.